Hello, this is Grad School Grad, a podcast about public policy and international relations graduate programs in the United States. So for today's episode, I want to talk about um, a topic for policy graduate students, and that is what policy areas are the easiest and hardest to find uh, stable jobs in after graduation? The, the key word I want to highlight there is stable job. And I think about stability in terms of three ways. One is the job going to have longevity, period. So you don't want to get a job and be unsure if you're still going to have that job in two or three months because your organization is uncertain or something like that. Two, are you going to make a uh, salary better than uh, the average among your peers? Look, people don't go public policy school for money, but um, you also don't want to be living uh, like you're straight from undergrad um, and eating ramen every day. Third, you know, what's the work-life balance? Yeah, I'm, I realize you can't get an AR day um, every day, but if you're doing 20 hours a day on the regular, something's wrong. Um, so yeah, let, let's talk about what's easiest, hardest. And before we get at it, uh, I just want to highlight, you know, I could coherently speak to this because I went to public policy school myself um, and you know, collaborated with lots of peers, friends, colleagues from under policy schools and my family members went to other policy schools. And also, um, you know, I actually do uh, volunteer career coaching every now and then. So I see trends, kind of. All right. Start with the easiest. Uh, first off, kind of self-explanatory, healthcare. Um, there's lots of healthcare jobs out there. And the thing about healthcare is that it's more than just healthcare access. I know a lot of people are traditionally in policy think about healthcare access. Um, healthcare is things like uh, managing gun violence. Uh, managing, uh, well, as you saw during COVID, just uh, ma managing policy to help disease prevention or disease mitigation. Uh, it can be things about what's the best ways to get drugs approved safely, uh, all that. Now, I will say some healthcare jobs cross over between policy degrees and uh, public health and health management degrees, but there's so many roles out there. You know, if you're interested in healthcare, it should be pretty easy to get a, jo a job in. Uh, on the flip side, you know, in my graduate program, I would say there was more uh, professors that focus on healthcare than students interested in healthcare, at least for my starting class. And I don't know what it is. People just aren't that interested in healthcare. So second, infrastructure and transportation. I don't know why, but I've only met one policy graduate student who ever focused on infrastructure and transportation. It's a job that's really in demand, especially given how uh, there's so much build back better money pumped into this recently. And a lot of states and governments across the world are realizing how important infrastructure is uh, in transportation. And given how there's a lot of talk about electrification of America, a lot of transportation infrastructure roles as well. But um, for whatever reason, because of lack of interest uh, and decently good demand uh if someone's really want to focus on infrastructure transportation it, you're gonna get a good job and the competition's not gonna be that crazy so there we go that is national security law enforcement now there's always really a strong contingent of people interested in national security law enforcement uh but again there's lots of demand for this um and i think a big myth about national security and law enforcement is that they want uh 
a cookie cutter, all American, whatever people define all American per, to be type of personality. Uh, but honestly, law, I would say national security law enforcement appreciates diversity, especially if you speak a foreign language, have some interesting life experiences. Uh, they're more and more about that. And yeah, I see a lot of people from diverse backgrounds do really well. Obviously, you have to be legitimately interested in national security law enforcement, you know, be a good team player, get head on your shoulders. But if you got that, getting a role and doing well, really very doable. Very easy to get quality job with you know, solid promotions and conditions there. The next one is something that always surprised people when mentioned, and that's state and local administration. You know, it's funny, um, I would say most policy students chase after prestigious stuff, which is the federal and the international related things. Um, state and local um, the, can be highly lucrative, highly exciting roles. I mean, I, at a certain point, it depends on the state and the locality. But there's lots of state and localities who are well-funded, have large initiatives, and are looking for talent to help staff those roles. Uh, sometimes it's stuff that's boring, but it can be exciting. It's you know, just known to, known to location well. Uh, but because a lot of policy students aren't really interested in state and local, or not as many could be, now I would say lots, I see a lot of state and local roles um, being handled by people without policy degrees or with only undergrad degree. Uh, I mean, I do see a little bit more and more with policies from policy school going to stay local, but there's still a lot of opportunities out there uh, to fill those roles, and they could be very good jobs. The last is energy policy. I would say energy policy is interesting because it's kind of like a gray area between what's policy and what's business. And to a certain extent, it's a gray area between what's policy and or energy policy versus infrastructure and transportation. But generally speaking, um, Hey, there's a lot of investment money programs dedicated to uh, make sure there's enough energy, but also making sure that the energy is cleaner, more efficient, and there's programs both ways. A lot of times it's about managing what gets invested. A lot of times think about energy mix. Um, but either way, because of the lot of uh, fi strong financing involved and, um, and these jobs, now, whether you do things that are more government related or more focused on working with the business side, uh, they're, yeah, they're very solid jobs, they're very plentiful. And as the energy situation in America is changing, uh, there's definitely more need for people focused on energy policy. Um, all right, so let's. those are the five easiest. Let's talk about the five hardest. So I wanna clarify, when I talk about the hardest, uh, I'm not trying to degrade or demean these policy areas. The reality is that these policy areas are all important. Uh, but there is something to be said about supply and demand, and that impacts the quality of job. If you have a large supply, low demand, job opportunities out there are going to be simply not as great. They're going to be pay less, um, less stable organization sometimes, and the work-life balance is not going to be as good. Just to be clear, by supply, I mean supply students interested. In demand, I mean demand for students by employers. All right, first one, education. So education is, in my opinion, one of the most oversaturated policy focus areas among policy students. Probably like one in three, if not one in four, uh, policy grad students at my program, including myself, start off interested in education. 
and it's true, education does cover a wide set of things, so there are a fair amount of jobs. But I want to clarify, there's a difference between education policy and education management. And it is true, those people who um, have policy degrees do sometimes go into education management. But in terms of pure education policy, now deciding about how uh, what requirements are set for a local school system, deciding about how money is distributed for higher ed, deciding about uh, how students are arranged, so on and so forth. Um, th those policy things, uh, usually there's not that much jobs for. They're usually, if it's K through 12, central office jobs, it's higher education, it's either like a research institute or maybe one, like every university has a few, but um, there's stuff directly related to education policy. Um, yeah, there, there's just limited demand. But given how so many people are interested in it, uh, yeah, a lot of people find themselves struggling to find roles because they're so competitive. And, oh, by the way, the roles are available generally don't pay that well, and the professional environment could be interesting. And by interesting, I mean not the best. All right. Next is international development. Um Again, this is a very popular policy focus area. And I would say probably in my policy program, like one in four were interested in this starting out. And again, it's a supply and demand thing. There's a lot of students interested, but the demand, um, the demand for international development is from a pure international development, as in like financial outcomes are not the biggest focus per se. Uh, and you actually care about communities uh, developing it's probably going down. Actually, I would say the trends are it's going down. And a lot of that comes down to is that uh, in the world, globalization is probably uh, struggling. The world's arguably deglobalizing a bit. In the United States, you know, uh, regardless of administration, I think it's easy to say uh, the government is focusing more on domestic stuff and less about international development abroad, uh, proportionally speaking. So what that means that international development uh, opportunities are decreasing, period. But there's still a strong interest in them, and there's only so many roles. Um, and I mean, obviously the world is bigger than the United States, but I would argue globally uh, the efforts in international development outside of a business gain, um, which I would call a more business side, and you don't necessarily need a policy degree for that, outside business gain has diminished. So, yeah, international development, it's going to be tough to find a well-paying, stable job there. I mean, gosh, some people are interested in national development, like uh, their work environments and salary just kind of like shocking, honestly, from, what, from some that I saw. All right, next up, very interesting one is gender policy. I would say probably one in four uh, students in my policy program are interested in gender policy. And by gender policy, I mean, just to be more specific, all things relating to giving women uh, more equitable, fair uh, situations in society. Everything from uh, maternity leave policy to greater access for women uh, to uh, government resources, so on and so forth. Um, the problem with gender policy is that there's very few organizations, I mean, there definitely are some, 
but there's very few organizations who focus strictly on gender. And it's more common to focus on gender via functional means. So for example, if you want to talk about maternity leave, there's a labor angle to that. If you want to talk about um, infrastructure that's accessible to women, that, that's an infrastructure issue. But there seems to be a notion a lot of times in policy schools that you could focus, or the policy schools that I've seen, where you come in, focus on gender policy and gender and or family, something usually they're wrapped together, uh, and then have a, a job focused on gender-related issues. And the reality is that gender, sing, a singular focus on gender in terms of job roles, they're not that prevalent, they're few and far between. So yeah, you're, it's basically people competing for a very small slice. Um, again, if you, I recommend people who care about gender policy to think about functional ways they could tackle gender policy. But what I see a lot of times is that graduate students want to maintain a large bucket of interests and you know, some functional areas are also less attractive. But a lot of times, yeah, what I just see is gender policy folks, people struggle find a job. All right, next is going to surprise a lot of people, and that's technology and science policy. So a lot of people think, like, why? Because technology, there's so much technology, tech companies, and science is so strong and important. So the reason why this is challenging is, goes, going back to supply and demand, is that the supply of policy students who want to do this are usually not the type of people that employers demand. So... Uh, a lot of people who want to mess or play in the technology science policy world um, realize really quickly that what companies want in the policy space are not policy school graduates, but lawyers or law school graduates. Um, it's essentially so much of it involves the law. And then another side, there's people where you need there's the situations where you need to have an engineering background. And a lot of policy people don't have an engineering background. So if you don't have that, well, you're not going to get the roles. And so a lot of policy students find themselves cut between uh, in the competition between engineering students or whatever science-based knowledge students and uh, law students, and they're losing out. They're just seen as not competitive. And, and essentially, most organizations focus on science technology haven't really figured out What's a good public policy pipeline? Um, now, there are some tech companies who've gotten smart and do hire uh, some policy students for things related to business integrity or um, to a certain extent, but usually those are people with really deep resumes. I've seen some policy students go into tech things related to community relations, but again, they usually have a deep uh, resume. Um, but yeah, so... It's just, it, it's just, it's just hard since there's no real pathway. Now, everyone will bring up, well, what about all the people that got hired by TikTok? Yes, TikTok, for whatever reason, has hired a fair amount of policy students. I will tell you point blank, those are not what I call stable jobs. Uh, one reason is because a lot of TikTok works via the 996 style, which means 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., six days a week. That's the corporate culture. And it's something that um, tech companies in China are big on. And uh, TikTok and its owner, ByteDance, it exercises uh, even for some many of its American employees. So 
that's why I don't count it's a stable job. But um, again, that's from what some TikTok employees or people who interview TikTok for me. Uh, TikTok has ever changed company, so uh, I may be a little bit out of date, but again, that's what I understand to be. All right, the last one uh, I would say is probably could be it is very hard to find a stable job, but if you survive, there's a big upside. And you understand what I mean by it because it is political campaigns and fundraising. Um, man, I feel bad for the people I know with political campaigns and fundraising. Some people went with zero pay and even paid out of pocket. Um, and and the, here's the reason why like it's so difficult to find a stable job. Number one, I talk about the pay. Number two, it is crazy grueling. Um, I know people who worked harder than people in finance doing political campaigns and fundraising. And then, you know, you don't know if your person's going to win. So you could start the job and be out of job in like six months or so. Your person doesn't win. Uh, then there's something else to be said about, uh, there's not exactly a correlation between what people believe in politically and how good of a person they are or how good of an organization they ran. Like, it's, I think it's interesting how some people are like, oh, I really want to work for this person's campaign. I believe in everything they believe in. And then go there and go, oh, no, not interested in this organization, personality, because personality organizations are the best. And that happens. Uh, again, no matter what people's political beliefs and their organization's management style and how good a person they are, are oftentimes not correlated. So, uh, yeah, you want to go to political campaign fundraising? You're going to have a hard time. Um, at least getting a quality job. Uh, now, on the flip side, this is the hardest one, but if a person wins, like the person I know who uh, supported a little-known candidate from Illinois named Obama for St. Barack, then you could ride the coattails and have an amazing career. But again, you have to get really, really lucky and endure a lot of pain. But that's happened. I guess that's why people were lured into that role. All right. Just wrap it up. Like, hey, um, it's important to understand supply and demand. It's important to identify, understand what policy students qualify for and don't qualify for. And I understand, you know, a lot of times what people go for in terms of careers uh, tied to policy focus area is what they're passionate about. Absolutely, that's important. But, all, but you know, as important that is, it's also important if you can A, get a job, and B, get a job that pays okay, and C, get a job that you're not driving yourself to the ground with the amount of hours you're working. That being said, um, hope this is helpful, and uh, looking forward to making more content. Thank you.